Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick? And apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Um, do you know what we're doing? doing well word on the street is that you found a rabbit hole in what we just read Mm -hmm. so like the last few chapters so we decided that we're doing a q and a not on saturday because it's on friday instead yeah um so that means that our order of how this is going to work is that on today friday we're going to be doing a q and a on saturday we're going to be doing our um, wrap-up Our wrap up for, uh, Isaiah. for Isaiah. And then on Sunday, we're going to skip the book club this week. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be doing our... You're always wrong. Or rather, contradictions episode. Yeah, yeah. And so that's how this is going to work this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had every intention of just... Kinda Going straight through the Q&A to the wrap-up. Like doing it all as one type of one yeah. episode. Yeah, I mean, it's only fucking four chapters, whatever. Right, right, yeah. And it's the four final chapters, whatever. <laughs> but this last chapter... Yeah. That's mainly what I'm covering okay. today in the Q&A. Got it. Okay, so you ready to do this? I am. All right, let's do it. Okie dokie. <laughs> Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, so remember just before the break, just then, when I said we're mainly going to cover Chapter 66 of Isaiah? I do, I remember that. Okay, so actually we're only going to cover chapter 66 of Isaiah. <laughs> okay. Well, I just like rechecked my notes to make sure I wasn't missing anything. Sure, and sure. And pretty much um, everything that needed to be said, like that um, the unclean claws were like menstrual claws. Yeah. Stuff like that. We, or, caught like, all, we got all of those. Yeah, things. like destiny and fortune are were goddesses. Okay. You know what I mean? Sure. So, yeah, I got all that stuff. So we didn't have to really Q&A those. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But 66 has a lot to unpack. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So chapter 66 is the Lord's judgments and Zion's future hope. Sure. Okay. Okay. And this chapter contains an oracle delivered after the temple in Jerusalem had been rebuilt following the Jewish people's return from exile. Right. And warns against an unduly materialistic approach to the worship of God. Okay. 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 Which, yep. Um, we kind of got that in the in yeah. the reading of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, so. the empty um, ritualistic right. stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, so in the beginner, beginning of the <laughs> chapter, um, this, that part contains the rebuke to ecclesiasticism. And I was like, okay, I've heard of Ecclesiastes. Right. But what is Ecclesiasticism? Right. Right? Yes. Um, it's an exaggerated attachment to the practices or principles of religion. And as such, building human walls around God, thereby breeding unreality and intolerance. Interesting. Yeah. I kind of like that term, actually. Right. Because it's very relevant to today, I feel. Yes. So yes. That, that's that's very interesting. It, it, to me, is a lot to do with evangelicalism. Right, or, right. Or, you know, charismatic preachers kind of thing, yes, right? Yeah. Like all of those Televangelists, terms, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, right? all of those terms kind of go together. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, I, I wanted to include that because I really appreciate that term. Yeah. Okay, so next we get into, let's talk about verse 3. Okay, verse three goes, but whoever sacrifices a bull is like one who kills a person and whoever offers a lamb is like one who breaks a dog's neck. Yeah. Whoever makes a grain offering is like one who presents pig's blood and whoever burns memorial incense is like one who worships an idol. They have chosen their own ways and they delight in their abominations. Yeah. And I was right? kind of confused because like it's God. similar things that they do for God. So. Similar, but not the same. Sure. The Jerusalem Bible describes this verse and another one that I'll get to momentarily 
as a fragment condemning pagan mysteries. Okay. 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 So again, similar but not the same. Sure. Okay. So I, I guess if you're in the business of sacrificing animals to gods, you would know better as to which sacrificing is the correct sacrificing, which obviously since we don't do any of that shit. Right. We don't know. But moreover, <laughs> not only do you need to be worshiping correctly, you need to also be worshiping for the right reasons. Sure. And not just going through the motions. Right, right. So it those are two separate things and those are both addressed. Okay. And a lot of people were either going through the motions, according to Isaiah. Yeah. Were either going through the motions or were pretending that it was for one god while they were actually doing it for a pagan god. Got it. But we could also say that some people were trying to start combining these religions into one. You well, know and what I that's, mean? that happened even in, like, that still happened. Yes. Regardless. Yes. Like, it's still something that happened when they've, like, Christianity does incorporate pagan. Yes. So. Right. It didn't ever fully um, rectify. Pulled, it, it never pulled away from that. It merely adopted and adapted. Sure. And just. Changed its tune depending on what was convenient at the day. Right, right. So let's move on to verse 12. Okay. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. Remember, we had a question about what the fuck is dandling? Yeah, I'm, I was how curious. Do you, how does one dandle? Right. We had it exactly right. I mean, based on context, it means to move something such as a baby or young child up and down in a playful or affectionate way. Like bouncing them on your knee. I mean, that's, that's just what it sounded like to me. So. It it did, but you can never take things for granted. That is true. That is true. And it also sounded really close to diddle. And <laughs> it just made me need to look it up just to make sure. Sure. So verse 17 was the other one that the Jerusalem Bible describes as a fragment condemning pagan mysteries. Okay. And that reads, those who consecrate and purify themselves to go into the gardens following one who is among those who eat the flesh of pigs, rats, and other unclean things. Right. So that was the other one there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So let's move on to verse 19. And I will set a sign among them, and I will send those that escape of them unto the nations, to Tarshish, Lydia, and Lud, that draw the bow, to Tubal and Javan, to the isles afar off. Right. Now, I may have read that differently from the way I read it um, in yesterday's. Yeah. Because um, these different places are going to be named differently depending on which translation you're reading. Sure. The one that we were reading went straight to the interpretation that is readable. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the names that are listed in this verse are um, distant outposts of the world. Known to Israel at that time, which we commented on specifically. <laughs> yes, yes. So Tarshish, um, which was a place that I mentioned in yesterday's and today's. Yeah. Um, that is Spain, France, and Italy. Okay. So that extended further than I thought, actually. Sure. Yeah. Um, Pool is a region in Africa. Lud is Libya, which yesterday we read Libya because I remember right, it was right. the Libyans. Yeah. And, um, but in this translation, um, the King James, I believe it's, it says Lud. Got it. But what they mean by that is Libya. So now we know. Okay. Um, Tubal was one of the early guys, um, from way back 
Sure. And um, his tribe settled in the northeastern of Europe or Russia. So oh, that's wow. that area, which again, that's even kind further. Of, yeah, right. Further afield. Yep. Um, the one that we read yesterday said Greece. The one in um, today's that I just read. Yeah. Um, the King James says Javon, which is a Greek name for Greece. Got it. So Got it. there you go. Okay. Okay. So now we know where those are. And that's the whole world according to Israel at that time. <laughs> that's the whole fucking world. So when it's God said the whole world. world all. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. when God was saying the whole world, that's the only bit of the world he knew. Got it. Yep. Okay, so we're going to move on to verse 21, and I have a little bit to say about this. Okay. Okay. Um, verse 21 says, and I will select some of them also to be priests and Levites, Yes, says the Lord. Yes. And we had a problem with that because we were like, wait a minute. Yeah. What was our question about the Levites? Well, they're supposed to be from the tribe of Levi. Levi. Right. So that's, you can't select people into a tribe. Right. So... Um, apparently that was a very good question that we had, and it depends on which school of thought that you're in. Um, remember when we first started reading the Bible and the Torah specifically, and we learned about all the different, um, like the Deuteronomist and the P ones and the J ones and all that. Right. Okay. So this gets into which author you think that some of this stuff falls under. Okay. Okay. So some scholars propose that those parts of the Torah attributed to the Elohist. Remember? Yeah. Those were the ones that like were leaning towards Elohim as opposed to the Yahweh. Right. Right. Um, That was very early in the Bible. That was basically Genesis mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they seem to treat Levite as a descriptive attribute for someone particularly suited to the priesthood. Okay. Rather than as a firm designation of a tribe and believe that Moses and Aaron are being portrayed as part of the Joseph group rather than being part of a tribe called Levi. Huh. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I have a little bit more on that. Jawist passages have more and that was the ones that we called the J right guys or whatever. Yep. I can't remember the word that we used. Sure. Um they have more ambiguous language traditionally interpreted as referring to a person named Levi. They could also be interpreted as just referring to a social position titled Levi. Okay. And then the priestly source, the P documents, remember? Yeah. Um, which critical scholars view as originating centuries later, portray the Levites firmly established as a tribe, period, the end, and as the only tribe with the right to become priests. Right. And that was the majority of what we read. Yes. You know, somewhat, at least with, like, they were very adamant about They the were Levites. adamant, yes. So. And, um, and that's what we got stuck with, you sure. and I. That's, they put that in our head, and we thought that that was the way it was. Yeah. And that was written um several centuries after the the earlier parts. Got it. So got it. so it depends on time, who's reading what and interpreting it in which yeah, way. At that time it was important that Levi be a tribe. Now where we're at in Isaiah, it's like, nah, it was just a position, whatevs. Right. Okay. So many scholars hold that it is very likely that priestly groups such as the Levites existed during the first temple period 
since the existence of cultic groups of that kind were very common within the ancient Near East. Okay. So it was likely that it was just you were chosen to that position because it that was a cult. Okay. Okay. Sure. So we had a very good question, which I always appreciate <laughs> that. Okay. So we were paying good attention. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> moving on to verse 24. And they will go out and look on the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me. The worms that will eat them will not die. The fire that burns them will not be quenched and they will be loathsome to all mankind. Right. Um, there was lots of like fire and shit in that. Yeah. In the interpretation that we read. This is virtually the only passage to speak of lasting judgment and comparable to hell. Yeah. And I we mean, commented and on that at the we time. Did, yeah. Yeah. So I found that interesting. Yeah. Okay, so that is the majority of chapter 66 as a whole, but then I found a rabbit hole. Okay. And I had to talk about it. Do you remember when we were saying that um, the whole sending out and bringing back of people was very like, oh, those were like the first missionaries? Yes. Yes. Okay. So there was this guy... Um, uh, Sometimes I will read from a Christian perspective, perspective just sure. to try to like compare and contrast and, you know, cause I'm trying to do my due diligence and stuff. Right? right. Right. So he was talking about this group that, um, that claimed to be from descended from directly from the tribe of Manasseh. Okay. 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 And I was like, what? <laughs> so I had to read up on that. Okay. Sure. Because he was selling this as, okay, let me just read this. As part of God's ultimate work, as the missionaries go out, the people of Israel ultimately come back in a magnificent regathering, right? Okay. Yeah. That, you know, the missionaries go out and then more and more people come in and Israel and all the Jews get back together and it's just a great party. Sure. Right. Yeah. And Israel is rebuilt and wonderful. And then, you know, according to the Christians, Christ comes back and, and it's right. just, it's a whole party. Yeah. Okay. So this guy says, this is partially fulfilled now in Israel's regathered state, which, okay, I see why you would say that. Right. In 1951, there was supposedly remarkable example of modern day regathering. This this is the group that I was like, excuse me, what? Right. Okay. The Benai Manash, or children of Manasseh, known as the Shinglung in India, okay. is a community of Indian Jews from various Tibeto-Burmese ethnic groups from the border of India and Burma who claim descent from one of the lost tribes of Israel. And some of them have adopted Judaism. Hmm. The community has around 10,000 members. The movement began in 1951 when a tribal leader reported having a dream that his people's ancient homeland was Israel. <laughs> yeah, he just had this dream. Okay. So okay. some tribal members began embracing the idea that they were Jews. After that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Before the movement start, the community was largely a Christian one. Okay. Okay. Israeli Rabbi Ali Aliyahu Avichel 
named these people the Benai Manash based on their account of descent from Manasseh. Okay, and they did like all this research and they were able to name so many family members like all the way back and like an Ancestry.com kind of chart thing or whatever. Yeah. And it seemed totally legit. And so like, okay, sounds legit. That's okay. really cool. Y'all right. come on in, right? Sure. Come back to Israel. And some did. Sure. Okay. However, and I wrote however in like all caps and bold, <laughs> period. In 2003, so I mean, this is like somewhat recent, somewhat recent, right? And still going, okay? Okay. In 2003, DNA testing of several hundred male community members did not yield conclusive evidence of Middle Eastern ancestry. According to a scholar involved with the project, researchers found no genetic evidence of Middle Eastern ancestry for the men. And they tested like 350 men or somewhere thereabouts. Sure. Okay. Now, I did write a note. The study has not been published in a peer-reviewed journal. And that's very important because peer review is how the scientific process works. Sure. Um, Somebody makes a claim and they make it boldly by um, publishing. And then other scientists come behind or researchers come behind and, um, you know, add their two cents. Right. So, you know, that's, that's what we got. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's not been peer reviewed. However, you know, people have spoke up about it. Right. And right. they're like, eh, I don't think so, guys. Right. Okay. In 2004, so the very next year, Kolkata's Central Forensic Science Laboratory posted a paper at Genome Biology on the internet. And this also has not been peer, re- peer reviewed. Okay. Okay. They tested a total of 414 people from the tribal communities. And they found no evidence among the men indicating Middle Eastern origin. Okay. So it's sounding very likely that there's no connection. Correct. Okay. okay. And yeah. and I am going somewhere with this, I promise. Okay. Okay. And this will tie into exactly what's happening today. And that's why I had to include it. Okay. Okay. So the results rather indicated the tribe were distinctly East and Southeast Asian in origin. Okay. Okay. In 2005, a Kolkata-based study found evidence of a maternally descended Near Eastern ancestry, but suggested the findings were an artifact of thousands of years of intermarriage between peoples of the Near and Middle East. So, I mean, we're talking three different studies at this point that are all like, nah. Right. I mean, again, none of them are peer-reviewed, but... Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's not, let's not uh, put all our hopes and prayers in this. Okay. <laughs> so in the early 21st century, so that would be early 2000s, which is where we are. Yeah. Um, Israel halted immigration by the Benai Menashe because they had invited them. They were like, come on in, y'all right, come back right. to Israel. This is awesome. You know, we want everybody who is even a little bit Jewish to get on over here because we got that second coming thing or what the fuck ever. Right. You know, depending if you're Jewish or Christian, but it's a party in Israel. Sure. Okay. So um, in early 2000, um, Israel halted immigration by the B'nai Menashe. But after a change in government, the immigration was allowed again. Hmm. Okay. Okay. The chief rabbi of Israel ruled in 2005 that the B'nai Menashe B'nai Menashe, B'nai Menashe, I keep pronouncing it different sure, every time, sure. I'm sorry, That's right. 
were recognized as part of a lost tribe. Okay. In spite of evidence to the contrary. Right, right, right. right. Okay? Yeah. Again, all caps and bold. However, period. <laughs> and this is where shit got real for me. Okay. okay. I'm wrapping it up and I'm bringing it back around. There's this awesome social scientist called Dr. Lev Grinberg. He's the director of the Humphrey Institute for Social Research at the Ben-Gurion University of the Negev, Israel. Okay. okay? Yep. He's also well-renowned in his field. And um, I was like reading all up on him and I'm kind of in love with him now and I want to learn everything about him. Okay. He commented that, quote, right wing Jewish groups wanted such conversions of distant people to boost the population in areas disputed by the dun, 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 Palestinians. Oh, okay. Right? right? Yep. Right? Yep. So... That's where it stands today. I see. So that's that's a large part of the response. That's what's happening with the um the settlements and things like that. They're uh-huh. they're a large part of those settlements and things. Some of them, yes. Got it. Yes. Got it. Yeah. That pretty much was like it blew my mind. Yeah. And I I was blown away because this is thousands of years ago, there were these tribes, right? And then Today, we are impacted by did those tribes exist and let's at least pretend that they do so that we can take these people's land and so that we can create this whole religious autocracy thing, this whole fascist world takeover thing in Israel and, you know, whatever. And the fact that our... Our country is impacted by this. Like, yeah. that's crazy to me today. This is happening today. Yeah. So I had to go down that rabbit hole once I read all that. <laughs> well, that's good information. Right? For sure. Yeah. Right? And relevant to today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely, definitely interesting. Interesting, inflammatory. Right. Um, Mind-blowing mind-boggling <laughs> like and and you know what here's here's the hard part like part of me really really wanted these people to be legit descendants from the tribe of manasseh because think about the historical impact right sure think about how amazing that is that if you could trace your family heritage all the way back that far to right. a tribe that existed in the torah Right. Think about that. Like yeah, that's just crazy. Just from a literary and historical, like if I'm not living on this planet and I'm just reading a book about it, right? Mm-hmm. Think of how awesome that would be. The researcher in me, the objective researcher that's uninvolved in this planet, really just was wowed out at the prospect. I there there is a slight question I have about that, and that's that I mean, if we really take this at at, at some level, we all descended from the same groups of people, well, sure. according to the, especially according to the Bible. Right. Right. Of course. So the fact that Israel at all distinguishes between this person and that person seems a little xenophobic to me. Uh, no, totally. You know, totally. like if they want to be, you know, Israelites, if they want to, if they want to join, you know, Judaism, shouldn't they just welcome the, them in regardless of ancestry or whatever, right? Well, and they did. They, they did after some back and forth. Sure. So 
there's still some xenophobia there sure. on one side of the political spectrum or, or, or whatever. Well, they were they were allowed to convert to Judaism. They were allowed to come there and learn Hebrew okay. and they were allowed to convert to the religion and and start learning all of the practices and all of that. They were allowed that. But the question was whether or not they would be granted. Okay, we see that you're like Jewish, to use um, uh, George Santos's phrase. Um, he he claimed to be Jewish, and then um, you know people were like, "No, you're not." And he was like, "I said I was Jewish," <laughs> and so i'm I'm stealing that phrasing and applying it to these people, yeah, and the people of Israel were like, "Okay, we see that you are acting jew ish, but the question is actually, but are you of Jewish descent? Are you Jewish right and that was what they were trying to prove, and that's what they hoped to prove and the the guy in charge, whatever his name is, the rabbi there was like, "Yeah, totally, I prove this." You are totally from the lost tribe of Manasseh. Right. Because Judaism essentially is more than just a religion. It is actually a race of people, essentially. Insofar uh, as races exist, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, um, it's treated that way sometimes at the very least. Like, that is... It, it's how we're able to find... From what I could understand from what I was reading on this, what they were looking for was certain Y chromosomes. And it. that's why they did more testing of men than women. Um they did do a testing of women, but it was really hard to differentiate because of intermarriages. Yeah. And because they traveled, you know. Sure. Um, what is that word where you, you travel? Uh, uh, em- immigrate. They they immigrated across the the land or whatever. Um, so they were looking for a certain type of Y chromosome in men that would indicate not that they were Jewish, but they could tell what region they were from at that time. So it, it, it's kind of like a, okay, we, we see not what you are. We see what you're not. Right. And right. that kind of uh, empty space, if you will, yeah. tells us what you are. Gotcha. So it, okay. it's, a, it's a tricky thing because, you know, you don't want to say, yeah, we could totally tell from your DNA that you are X, Y, Z. Sure. Sure. Nope. I get it. Yeah. All right. Well, that is that all you've got for us today? That is all I got for us today. All right. Well, that was Isaiah chapters 63. Three, four, five, and six. But mostly 66. It was chapter 66. Um, Q&A. Yeah. And so we will be back tomorrow with... Our Isaiah wrap-up. All right. And then after that, we'll be doing the contradictions. And I'll be getting out the weekly wrap-up for the whole week. And then we'll be back on Monday starting... Jeremiah chapter 1. Yeah, we'll see you then. Okie dokie. Hey wife, I guess that's the end? But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my god. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. 
Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.